Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here by my co-hosts, Ben Schmidt and College Hansel. And today we have a very special guest. Grayson Getz is currently a guard for Wisconsin Lutheran, and he's here to talk college basketball. Grayson is a college basketball expert, is what we would say in the business. And uh, Grayson, glad to have you on. Glad to be here, man. I've been looking forward to it. (laughs) All right. Let's get started right away. Grayson, you're a big college basketball guy. You're a big mid-major guy. What are some big mid-major conference championships being played this week over the next next couple of weeks till till uh, till March Madness? There's a there's a few that are like, I mean, they're they're legit teams who who can make a deep run in the tournament. I, I one of my favorite ones this year has been the A10. Um, I don't know if you guys have paid attention much to it, but they have they're loaded up top. Uh, one of my favorite teams out of their loss today, but they have they have some teams with good experienced guards, and, and that's a key in the tournament. Um, VCU turns it up defensively. St. Bonaventure can light it up. Uh, St. Louis is my favorite team out of the A10, and I think if if they 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 could get a bid no matter what, but if they get hot for the tournament time, it'll be scary for a lot of teams. Um, another, another conference I'm pretty big on is the Ohio Valley. I love Belmont. I've liked them for years. And I just think that if that team makes the tournament, they're always scary because they can shoot the lights out and they're just so well coached. And then going back to, to the Loyola year, when they went to the tournament, they have another really good team this year who might be able to pull off something of the same thing as long as long, as well as, uh, Drake Bulldogs. They're, they're really good this year. Both those two teams should make it regardless, but one of those two will definitely be coming out of there and they'll make some noise. And the final like big conference I'll be watching come tournament time is the Mountain West because they'll they'll sneak in a few teams. They have a few teams on borderline, but they're they're very good. They have some underrated teams. Colorado State is one I like a lot. Uh, Boise State, shout out Ray J. Dennis. Love them. Deep team. And then San Diego State, obviously, is very good. And I like Utah State just because they can spread the floor really well. I, I, like, what you, uh, I like what you said about Belmont. Um, I've been keeping my eye on them the whole year. I think they're – I mean, they're always at the top of that conference year in and year out. Um, I think they're top ten in the country in points scored, so they're always a threat. Um, they're definitely a team I'm going to keep be keeping my eye on to possibly upset one of the uh, the higher seeds in the first round of the tournament. And uh, when you bring out the Mountain West, they have a lot of good teams. I think they have at least three teams, maybe four, that can get in with an at-large. Um, right now, I see a bunch of ESPN guys got Boise State as the last team in. So um, very competitive conference, along with the Atlantic 10. They're also very competitive. I saw um, St. Bonaventure just lost to Dayton, who, I mean, has done a nice job of – kind of bouncing back after losing some key guys, including Obi Toppin. Um, but, yeah, I think the Bonnies and VCU can both be very dangerous in the tournament. Agreed, yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw over the weekend, uh, one of my favorite uh, mid-majors is the uh, Horizon League. Now, the Horizons quarterfinals, I think each four of the games were decided by, like, less than four points, and one of them went in a triple overtime. So the question I'm going to ask is there's 14 left Cleveland state, Northern Kentucky, Milwaukee, and Oakland. 
what team do you guys like out of the Horizon League to win it? Because more than likely, only one of those teams is going to get in. So, so let me ask you a question real quick. Did is Wright State eliminated? I, I, they're not. Eliminated. I think they're. Are they in the Ohio Valley? I think. They're, Wright State is Wright State is in the in the Horizon. I, oh, they're, they're, then, yeah, they're they the, were. They're the best team in the Horizon this year. I'm pretty sure. Are are they so they started their conference tournaments? Yeah, yeah, um, they've been started. I, they they did just have their quarterfinal. Milwaukee yeah. had like a crazy uh comeback upset. Yeah, so I, I think I, yeah because Wright State's I think Wright State's out of it. Yeah, that was that was against Wright State. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because they were down like 24 in the second half and they came back and won the game in OT. Yep. And yeah, I saw Cleveland State, who I think was the number one seed. Or maybe they're number two seed. You're right. They go to triple overtime against uh, a team Fort like Wayne. way under 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's been right. it's been chaos in the Horizon League. It's been fun to watch. It has. I I oh. think ultimately I think Northern Kentucky is is who I think will end up coming out of there, just just because they're they're always so good come this time of year. And every time that tournament comes around, it seems like they're even if they're mid middle of the pack, like they kind of are this year, they always end up in the championship. They did the same thing last year where they were lower seed and they ended up coming out. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see. Now, also you being a big mid major guy, what are some of the big mid or I shouldn't say big mid major programs, but what are the teams you're looking for? to maybe go on a sort of a Cinderella run, make the Sweet 16, Elite Eight. What are some teams you got your eye on? Um, so I have a few. I, I've been follow, I follow these teams pretty consistently. Uh, this year, I have two out of the Southern Conference. I, I really like UNC Greensboro just because Isaiah Miller for them is so good. And they're, they're actually uh, the leaders of that conference. Um, and then also in that conference, I like Wofford. Wofford is always pretty good, and they get, also got a really good guard and Storm Murphy, who I think can make noise. Um, some of my ones that are, are a little more slept on would be like a South Dakota State. Um, I've liked them for a few years. Uh, they had some young pieces with some of their teams that went to the tournament a few years back, and they're getting older and they're getting good, and their big man is really good in Doug Wilson. I think that's a team, if they made the tournament, just because they can shoot so well on any given night, they could literally beat anybody. Yep. And then and then a son too. I'm I'm curious to see uh, Liberty Flames probably go back to the tournament this year. I think they're another team that's really good and they're experienced with guys who've been there before and made upsets in the tournament. Yeah, you yeah. Greensboro's they're really good. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that concerns me with them is their three point shooting because I, I mean you're right Isaiah Miller he's a great player but mm-hmm. they are not a good three point shooting team. Wofford we saw in the tournament. Uh, a couple years back and they beat I think they beat Seton Hall in the first round mm-hmm. um, and, and that, yeah yep. and they played them pretty good uh, Storm Murphy was a part of that team so I think that's key you know he's been in those big games and they I mean they shoot the three ball really well they always do so I mean I if they end up making it I think that's a very dangerous team Agree. They're one of my favorite offensive teams to watch because when they're on, they can light it up because all of them can shoot. And when they're hitting, they're they're really fun to watch. All right. And before we move on to some of the bigger conferences, I know we brought it up earlier, but I want to see who you guys are picking as a winner. 
The Mountain West has been one of the best conferences this year. They have, like we talked about, three, maybe four teams that are going to make the tournament. Who do you guys think is going to win the Mountain West? Uh, personally, I think it's going to come down to the top four. I think there's going to be the final four. So I think you'll see San Diego State probably playing Boise in a semi and then Colorado State and Utah State. I liked Utah State versus uh, San Diego State again this year. I think those two will be the two that are in the championship again, and I think San Diego State will ultimately get them back from last year. I don't think Utah State has that guy like they had in San Mero last year that can make that upset. Yeah, I think I'm also going to go with San Diego State. Matt Mitchell is a very good player, and he was a part of that team last year, big part of that team last year that won uh, about 30 games. So uh, I, th I think I got San Diego State in this one. They're very well coached. Um, they're still fun to watch, although I wouldn't be shocked to see any of those top four teams when you talk um, San Diego State, Colorado State, Utah State, Boise State. I think they're all capable. Um, they all have some really good players, but I think I got to go with the Aztecs. Uh, I'm just going to pick Boise State because of our guy, Ray J. I feel like they, they've struggled the last couple games. I know they lost back-to-back -back against San Diego State, only by a couple points in each. But I do feel like with Derek Alston and Ray J, those guys can turn it on at any given moment. So I, I like Boise State to win that. Yeah, they're a very deep team. They're a very oh, yeah. deep team. they got a lot of guys who can go off any night. I like them too. I think, I think yep. they, if anybody beats San Diego State, I think it'll be Boise. Yep. Um, and then finally, let's get into the uh, bigger tournament. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. I ask, do you guys got Loyola or Drake in the Missouri Valley? I personally have Loyola just because I know Drake has a couple guys, a couple of their better guys that are hurt. Um, and I think just uh, Sister Jane or Sister Mary, whatever her name was, I think she's going to put that voodoo spell on them again. <laughs> I like Drake out of them. I, I mean – I, I love Loyola. I love the run they made, but I think Drake's going to end up coming out of there. I, I, I think I might go Loyola just because they play such great defense. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at all the numbers, they're – despite maybe not playing, you know, as good of competition as some of these Big Ten teams or whatnot, they're still, uh, I think, a top ten defensive team in the country. So I think um, that alone can get them to the Sweet 16 and win them the Missouri Valley. All right. And then, so the bigger tournaments, I'd say there's about two, maybe three of the big power five tournaments that we're going to see that we really don't know what's going to happen. So the big 10, we know is going to be chaos. Um, <laughs> there's, there's potentially about nine teams out of the big 10 that are going to get in. Um, of those nine teams, we've seen Michigan just got blown out by Illinois without um, DeSumo. We have Ohio State struggling a little bit. Iowa's been kind of in the mix a little bit. And then we obviously have Michigan, who's played great up until this last game. Who do you guys think is going to win Big Ten? I, I think it's too hard to go against Michigan. I mean, I know they just came off that loss, but right now they're taking it to Michigan State. Uh, they're up about 10 at halftime. But they're, they're so good, and they can just go. And when they're on, they're one of those teams that, you're not catching up to them. I like Illinois a lot, but I I just I don't trust them enough to shoot the ball well enough to beat a team like Michigan or Iowa who will shoot the ball well enough. I I got to make the case for Iowa. You know, a little bit of bias here, but 
I, I got to make a case for them. They've been playing their best basketball of the season aside from one game um, in the month of February. Uh, they they shoot the three ball so well um, between Luca Garza shooting the three ball well, Joe Wieskamp, CJ Frederick, Jordan Bohannon. They have so many guys that can kill you when they're on. And they have been playing very good defense in the month of February. Uh, they just played at Ohio State and held them to under 60 points. So I think, you know, the way that they've been playing defense and as dangerous as they are on offense, uh, also having the best player in the country, I really think um, Iowa has a real shot. Although they, the thing that concerns me is they just went to Michigan and played a really bad game. They couldn't hit any of their threes. Um, their defense was a little lackluster. Um, aside from that, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of the Hawkeyes. For this conference, like Grayson said, this one's going to be basically just complete madness. I mean, every team really has had kind of their their chance at the top. It seems like where each of these, each of the good teams, the Big Ten have, have taken their turn as as top of the conference. And right now it's Michigan. This one is, is super, super tough for me. I know a lot of people are liking uh, – the hot hand of Illinois, especially after their big win recently, but I'm still going to go with Michigan. I think it'll be, be very, very close with Iowa because Iowa does have the best player, like Colin mentioned in Luca Garza, but I think Michigan will come out with a win over Iowa. Um, but like, I, I just think this, this out of all of them is going to be the toughest to predict. Do you, do you guys know where the term is at? Is it in uh, Indianapolis? Yeah, it's in Indianapolis. Mm. And they just announced right. today that they're going to have some fans there. They're going to have 8,000 people. And I'm doing everything I can to get some of those tickets. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean this this conference has basically been the best teams in the conference have all won almost all of their home games and have been about 500 or a little bit better on the road. And that's that's like the key differences you see in this conference in terms of records is the teams at the top have won like all their home games, but on the road they've won about 500 to a little bit better. And then all the lower teams have have been even on at home and have been worse than 500 on the road you're right it's, it's one thing that's crazy to me is you see a team like minnesota who started off the year so well um they're 13 and three at home and mm -hmm. head on the road so i mean it's it's really tough for all of these teams no matter who you're playing even if they're at the bottom of the conference you can't take any of those road games lightly agreed um, and for me personally, out of the Big Ten, it's going to be so hard to pick against Michigan. Um, part of me wants to pick Illinois, but they're, like they said, they're very streaky shooting-wise, and they're not a very good free-throw shooting team either. And we know how important free-throw shooting is, not only in these conference championships, but in the whole March Madness tournament. Um, but I'm actually going to agree with Colin. I'm going to pick Iowa, not only because – Luka Garza is one of the best players in college basketball and their ability to shoot the three, but they've played a lot better defensively, kind of outside of that Michigan game, but they've played a lot better defensively this year. Um, and I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the Hawkeyes to uh, make it out of the big 10. And I think grab one of those number one seeds in the bracket. Yeah. I think in order for them to get that number one seed, they're going to have to beat, um, they're going to have to go through Illinois, who they'll probably see um, in the semifinals. They're going to have to beat Illinois. I don't know if they're going to have to win the tournament to get the one seed necessarily. Um, they'll definitely be a big debate 
if they beat Illinois um, between those two. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I mean, if Michigan, Illinois, or Iowa, if any two of those combinations go to the Big Ten championship, they'll both probably be number one seeds. I think the Big Ten has that leverage this year over the committee where if it's up for debate who the last four will be, it'll go to the Big Ten. All right, let's switch over to the Big 12. We've seen Baylor kind of struggle the last couple of games. They played a tight one against West Virginia, and then they lost to – what was it, Texas Tech, or who, who'd they lose to the other day? Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Kansas. They, lost to, they lost to Kansas. That's right. Um, me, personally, I still think Baylor is my pick to win the entire tournament. Um, so I think they're going to make it out of the Big 12. Give me your Big 12 winner, and then maybe a Big 12 sleeper for the rest of the uh, uh, March Madness tournament. Personally, I thought the Baylor versus Western Virginia game was the game of the year. I think both those teams really proved themselves as teams who will go deep in the tournament as long as they're on on their game. Um, I think Baylor is going to win the conference because they have the best player in the country. I think Jared Butler should win player of the year. I think he is that good. And that team is super deep, and they can lock up when they're on. I like Vital because he'll take anybody out of the game whenever he wants to. And they're so – deep in terms of guys who can make plays that they're that team this year but to answer the rest of your question I think a team that's a sleeper in this conference I mean I guess not really a sleeper because most of the teams are ranked but I think Texas is the team that that can make a run just because their guard play can be so good and they can play really good defense when their guards decide to show up yeah I mean that Baylor West Virginia game like you said game of the year um I think Baylor came out of the gates a little flat. Um, They had that long pause, and then they had that game against Iowa State where they struggled. They struggled against Kansas. Um, They really didn't get into their groove until the second half, I thought. Um, But, I mean, Baylor, I got to pick Baylor just because it's so hard to pick against them. They shoot the three ball so well. I mean, Jared Butler is the best player in the conference. Davion Mitchell is so good, and he can hurt you in so many ways. And uh, Masio Teague's really good, too. They have so many good players. They play terrific defense. Um, I'm going to pick them to win the conference. I think both of those teams, Baylor and West Virginia, are very capable of making the Final Four. I loved what I've been seeing out of West Virginia. Um, They're very good in late-game situations. Kansas is very hot right now, too. You can't take them lightly. And if I had to pick a team – this isn't a a sleeper necessarily, um, but – I think Oklahoma State has a real shot to go to maybe the Elite Eight with Kay Cunningham at the helm. The way that they've been playing, they just beat Oklahoma twice. And in both of those games, they were kind of down uh, under five minutes to go, and they played so well. Um, they have more other than Cunningham, they have a couple other guys that can give you big buckets when you need them. Uh, I think they're maybe not a sleeper, but I think that they're not one of those top three teams that can go very far in the tournament. Yeah, I probably raised or uh, phrased that wrong saying sleepers. There's not really any sleepers in the conference. I think most of the teams are ranked. Um, but a team that isn't Baylor or West Virginia, I think that has a shot to not only win this conference tournament, but to go deep into the play or into the uh into the bracket, I think is Texas Tech. Mac McClung, we've seen him hit a bunch of game winners this year. He's been one of the clutchest players in all of college basketball. 
And the clutch gene, as we've seen in past tournaments, is is a real thing. So I'm excited to see what Texas Tech does. Um, I'm tempted, depending on what side of the bracket they're on, I would be tempted to put them all the way into a Final Four. Yeah, they, they, when Chris Beard has them playing defense, they're a really, really tough team to beat. Yes, yes. Yeah, and then, right. uh, when they made that Final Four on a couple years ago, I think they were a three seed. Um, they had a couple more playmakers on offense, I think, than they do right now. But it all starts on the defensive end for them. And I, Grayson, I, I think you're right. Uh, Chris Beard has done a terrific job. Um, and we've seen it every single year. These teams are always dangerous in the tournament. And I have one more conference I want to talk about, mostly because I honestly don't know who's going to win it, and that is the SEC. We've seen teams like Alabama get really hot for stretches, but then we've also seen Alabama kind of struggle. We've seen Tennessee be ranked very high, but lose some very uh, games to a lot of inferior opponents. We have Arkansas, who's been playing better late. LSU, Florida, Mizzou is all still right there. Who do you guys think is going to make it out of the SEC? This is a really tough conference pick because this Alabama team, you can see them be a top four team in the nation. You can see them not be anywhere close to that. Um, a team I really like is Arkansas just because they can score like crazy. And I think they're very underrated, even though they're ranked 12th right now. I think they're super good. LSU has a few playmakers. Uh, I like Missouri. I really think Xavier Pinson is really good. And I like Tillman, their big man. I think those, to me, those are the best four teams that have a chance to win it. But I can't go against the Crimson Tide because if they're going to make shots in the tournament, nobody's going to beat them. I'm going to go with Arkansas. Arkansas has been playing terrific basketball lately. Um, Eric Musselman's got them in the right place. They, uh, like you said, can hurt you in so many ways on offense. They've been getting some big wins. They've won like 10 of their last 11, I think. They beat Alabama by about 15 points. They beat LSU. Um, ben, didn't they win at Missouri not too long ago? I think. Yeah, last- they won. They won at Missouri in an overtime game just a couple Saturdays ago. I mean, Missouri was missing one of their best players, and uh, I believe Tillman was out. But still, uh, Arkansas is a really good team. Yeah, they're so hot right now, and it's tough because Alabama is so good. But they're my pick to win the conference. Is as, as yeah. much. As much as I want to go with Missouri, I don't love the fact that three of the last four losses for Missouri have came against unranked teams. Um, That's that's really tough for me. I do think if there's a time for them to get hot, a win over LSU, who they play on Saturday at home, that could be really big for them if they want to kind of go into this tournament on a high note. But just unless I see something different, they got a really nice win last night against Florida. Drew Smith hit a hit a game winner with just a couple seconds left. But a, another win against a good SEC team on Saturday and LSU would go a long way for them. But either way, I'm just going to go with Alabama. I think right now they're the best team in the conference. But kind of same way, even though they're not as good as the Big Ten, I can see this where there's so many different options of just because the top teams just keep flip-flopping on who's who's the hottest. Yep, and I think I'm going to go with Arkansas. The game they played against Bama where they kind of uh, flexed their muscle at the end, especially with their coach kind of celebrating. Mm-hmm. I think that was I think that was the point where I realized I went from Bama winning this conference to then Arkansas winning this conference. I do like Arkansas. I don't necessarily know if I like them going deep in the conference. I think Bama's more built for the conference, the, uh, 
the big March Madness tournament. I mean, uh, just the way they can shoot the ball. But I think it's going to be this SEC is going to uh, SEC conference championship is going to be really interesting. And I can't wait to see uh, who's going to come out of it. Now, I will say this. Uh, when Arkansas and Alabama played, Arkansas shot about 43 free throws. I thought it was in yeah. number. Um, they got a lot of those Bama guys in the foul trouble early. So, I mean, if they were to play again, I'm, I don't know if it would go quite the same way. I think it'd be a very good game. Um but, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind. All right. And then, Grayson, we're about to let you go. I have one more question, though. We're, it is currently March 4th. Who is going to win the March Madness tournament? I mean, I've kind of been up and down with it. I've switched all year long. But as of now, after watching that West Virginia game and watching Baylor be able to win that game with Jared ba uh, Butler fouling out, I think Baylor is the best team in basketball. And I don't really think it's that close. I think Michigan is a team that can hang with them. I think that Gonzaga maybe can, but you really haven't seen them play a good team in a while. I just think Baylor is so deep and dominant with guys who are that good that they can't be beat come March Madness time. I love the pick. I love the pick. All right, Grayson, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you. And we, uh, we wish you well with basketball this year at Wisconsin Lutheran. Thank you, man. I appreciate you boys having me on. This is a pleasure. All right, Grayson. Take care. See you, man. All right. And we're going to start off with this week in sports. We're going to start off with Ben, talk about baseball. Spring training started in the past weeks. So, Ben, let's hear what happened this week in baseball. All right. So, like Donovan mentioned, spring training did start Sunday. All but two teams played on Sunday. Um, it was the Cubs and I believe also the Mets, who didn't take the field until Monday. So as of Monday, all 30 teams were back on the field. Some new stuff in spring training this year, a couple different rules. One, we're seeing a lot shorter games. There's been even games as short as five innings long, five, six, and seven. A lot of these games have been. But there'll be times where the winning team after the top of the fifth will be will be up, and they'll still play the bottom inning anyway just to get some guys to pass like that. So it's really different than what we've seen before. And then another new rule, it's called the rollover rule. So basically, for those who don't know, in spring training, a lot of the managers and coaches basically have mapped out the pitch counts they want for every pitcher because, you know, you got to build up arm strength, get your innings in, stuff like that. So if it's the top of the first inning and a starting pitcher has thrown 30 pitches, given up two runs and the base are loaded, the manager can just say, OK, we're done, move on, next inning, stuff like that. Even though the inning's not over and there's, there's not three outs, the manager can just end the inning because no one really cares who wins the game, how many runs are scored. And... um I, I, I've seen some people on Twitter kind of have a problem with it. They don't like that a team can just call the inning with runners on base. I honestly, it's spring training. The whole point is to get some experience, build your arm up, stuff like that. I would hate to see uh, a, a pitcher have to pitch to an extra batter or two and end up suffering an arm injury or have to have to go to a bullpen, stuff like that. I'm perfectly fine with the rollover rule. It it makes the game go faster. And, and for, for most fans like me, it's just, we just want to see the first inning or two, see the starters play. And then when they get pulled, it's not a big deal. So that's another new rule this year. Those are the two main things of spring training. There's also less variety in terms of the schedules. Um, in the, in the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League, there's not as much traveling, not as much playing a variety of teams. The schedule's more condensed this year. So those are, those are the main things of spring training. Last-minute signings, we saw Eric Sogard go to the Cubs. 
he had a, a underrated season last year. And then Jackie Bradley Jr. just signed a deal with the Brewers. So the Brewers this offseason have made some sneaky good acquisitions in Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr. I think the key for them is if they can pitch. In a week NL Central, they definitely have a chance to contend. So those are really the two under-the-radar signings. I believe Jackie Bradley's deal is for two years. So we'll see how he fits there. In a decent outfield in Milwaukee, obviously they have uh, former MVP Christian Yelich. So I kind of like Milwaukee as a sleeper team in the in at least the NL Central where pretty much everyone except Pittsburgh can compete. So watch out for them. A couple of spring training scores. You're uh, some people's World Series favorite New York Yankees lost a close one to the Phillies today, 11 to nothing. So that was a great watch for whoever turned in, tuned in. Um, and then one thing I kind of mentioned last week, too, is I was a little worried about the coverage. I didn't see as many games being broadcasted, but I think so far they've been doing a pretty good job. There's games on ESPN and MLB Network almost every day. So for people like me who are wanting to get their baseball fixed, like I did in the middle of the afternoon yesterday, Wednesday afternoon, I was working on some homework, turned on ESPN, and there was a, a Cubs game on. So I think they're doing a decent job. I think they realize that uh, people are hungry to watch sports, especially in a time like now where there's nothing going on because uh, – conference championships haven't started yet nfl descended so i think they're doing a pretty good job so good start overall oh and one more piece of news though the minor league season for the mlb they delayed another month um multiple insiders especially like jeff passan they said that that won't impact the mlb season every team is still playing their first game on april 1st that's a full go so hopefully we don't see any more changes to that it sucks for the minor leaguers because they've a lot of guys who make their living didn't have a minor league season last year, and now it's being pushed back another month this year. So sucks for them. Guess no one cares about minor leaguers anyway. But either way, we get closer to opening day within the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, we can start putting together our predictions and who we think is going to win. Any any big big predictions for this MLB season right off the bat, guys, or just just going to wait as we get closer to the start of the regular season? I'm I'm tempted to wait towards the beginning of the season, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll sprinkle one out there. I think a team, I think I'm just going to go all in on this take. The Kansas City Royals will make a wild card spot. Over who? We'll see. We'll Are they going to be better than the Twins? Hey, we'll save it for our MLB episode. I'm, I'm teasing the viewers that right is, now. But that I, is certainly a take to sprinkle in there. I love Kansas City this year. I'll bring you back-to-back MVP. All right, that is, that is a much, much less bold take. A good take, but no maybe a Tim and, maybe I'll maybe I'll give Tim Anderson the MVP this year. Gets another batting title under his belt. Yep, 30, 30 homers. Nah, he's not hitting thirty homers. All right, Colin. Five. What happened this week in basketball? All right, I'm just gonna go over some of the crazy stuff that happened this week. That ha- crazy stuff that happens every week. The uh, Kings were playing Charlotte, the Hornets. Uh, the Kings were up eight points with the minute left. They proceeded to miss five straight free throws, and the Hornets went on a 12-3 run to win the game. P.J. Washington scored 42 in that game. Uh, things are definitely looking up for the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo uh, is definitely the front runner for MVP – or, I'm sorry, Rookie of the Year. Um Allie Burton from the Kings is having a really nice year, but – Definitely not at the level that LaMelo has been playing at. They have two guys averaging over 20 when you uh, throw in Hayward and Rozier. Plus, LaMelo has been playing great. Malik Monk's having his best year of his career so far. And Charlotte, believe it or not, is statistically the 
best team in the clutch this season by far. So they've been very good in the fourth quarter. The Rockets have lost 13 straight games uh, since Christian Wood got hurt. They're dead last in three-point percentage this year, and they lost by 49 points to Memphis um, at home. And they also just recently lost to James Harden's Nets. I think that was last night. So they have not um, been playing good basketball. John Wall's been kind of inconsistent. Victor Oladipo hasn't been quite what they thought he would be, and he might get dealt. So there's also many other players on that roster, like a P.J. Tucker, maybe Ben McLemore, who they are also maybe looking to deal because there's no point in really having them right now. So not good for Houston. They are now uh, at the bottom of the Western Conference. Real quick, Colin, do you think – now, obviously, I don't know if this was something that needed to happen to make the trade go through or what the thought process was, but do you think Houston has some regrets in uh, potentially them – have? Uh, they had a chance to get Karis LeVert in the Harden deal and ended up moving him to Indiana for Oladipo. So do you think they have some regrets there? I know it's really early. You can't tell, obviously, right now, but do you think there's regret there? Um, I could certainly see it. Oladipo hasn't been terrible, but he's shooting under 40%. And, I mean, there's still time. Maybe he can fit into this roster better. He doesn't have a ton to work with right now. They're also probably looking to trade Eric Gordon. But, uh, yeah, I could certainly see a little bit of regret. Maybe they uh, wish they could have got another piece in return. But Oladipo was never, like, the headliner of that trade anyways. Um, All those picks that they've got, and accumulated over the years now. Uh, I, those are definitely the more important part of the deal. So a little bit of grit, maybe, but I still think, you know, it was one of the de- best deals they could have gotten. Um, oh, yeah, the Miami Heat have won 10 of their last 14 games. Um, the Eastern Conference uh, representative in the finals last year. They are now kind of fully healthy. They're up to a sixth seed in a little bit of a weaker Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is a mess, by the way, right now. When you look from the four seed to like the 10 or 11 seed, it's all within a couple games, um, if even that. So lots of movement going on in the Eastern Conference right now. The Knicks are up to a four seed, and they're at 500 now. They were just over 500 for the first time this late into the season since like 2012, 13 season. So congrats to the New York Knicks. They're playing good basketball. They have an all-star things are finally looking up for them. RJ Barrett's playing good. They have some good young talent. Uh, Lots to look forward to for uh, the New York Knicks. Finally, some good basketball being played there. Uh, This is a crazy stat. Bradley Beal has lost 11 straight games in which he scored 40 plus. I can't I don't stop know. scoring 40 plus then. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's ever happened before. 40 plus points in 11 straight games that they have lost. That yeah, is that is pretty insane. crazy. That's insane to me. Um the Wizards definitely still have a chance at the playoffs, um, especially with that playing uh style that they're using. But I mean that is very discouraging. 
for your best player to be playing that well and you as a team not being able to come through. Um, a couple of the big games this past week, the Bucks took down the Clippers. Clippers didn't score a single point in the last four minutes of that game. Clippers are now dead last in the clutch this season statistically. Talked about Charlotte being in first by far. Clippers are in last, which is kind of crazy. Um, and then there's the other big game last night. A little bit of drama where Utah played the 76ers. And there was the whole thing with Donovan Mitchell saying, oh, we won that game in my book. And just a whole lot of drama. I think Embiid right now, I mean, they kind of did get screwed by the refs a little bit. I watched it, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Embiid scored 40 points and 19 rebounds uh, facing off against Rudy Gobert. He's got to be the MVP front runner at this, at this moment. Having them at the number one seed, the way he's been playing, I think and Joel Embiid is the MVP right now. I obviously disagree with you on that one. I am picking Jokic the entire way, um, but that's okay. I'll go into this week in football. So for football this week, not a lot happened besides uh, J.J. Watt. Out of nowhere, J.J. Watt decided to sign with the Arizona Cardinals, a team that none of us picked, none of the experts really picked. But um, he signs there two years. What was it, $31 million? Yeah. Something like that. Um. I mean, they're reuniting J.J. Watt with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. It's gonna He's going to solidify basically that front seven for the Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be interesting to see, though, how he's going to play because a lot of us didn't think he was going to be that number one guy, but now he's going to have to play as that number one guy on the D-line for the Cardinals. Um, so, yeah, what do, you guys, what do you guys think about the J.J. Watt signing? It definitely came out of left field, at least for me. I know some people maybe closer to the, the sport maybe saw this coming, but it's I definitely think money played slightly more of a of a play in it than I thought, which perfectly fine. I have nothing against that. I honestly thought maybe he would lean more towards a, a team that was right there on the cusp of a ring. Not that Arizona can't be really good because they have some great pieces, but I thought he'd maybe lean somewhere more towards Green Bay or Buffalo because they're right there. But I think location, Arizona, great place to live. And uh, I think the, the contract, I, I don't really think anyone was probably anyone else was probably offering two years, $31 million. That was a bigger price. Not that he's not deserving, but that was a little bit more than I thought he would get. But, um, yeah, I was surprised. I think Arizona has some pieces on defense. I like Buda Baker, Chandler Jones, obviously. And I think Isaiah Simmons can be good if they use him right. I don't necessarily know if they've done a great job with him since picking him. But And then obviously we know on offense with Kyler, and uh, we'll see what they do with, with running back with uh, Kenyon Drake and then DeAndre Hopkins. So there's definitely pieces there. I think this could maybe, after making a signing like J.J. Watt, even though they still need more defensive pieces, I could see them now maybe going to get a, 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 a skill position weapon on offense, maybe now in the draft, something like that, because they, they don't necessarily have a great option behind Hopkins. Not that I don't like Fitzgerald, but he's kind of old. We don't necessarily know his status. And then Christian Kirk hasn't necessarily panned out all too well. So that's, that's really how I look at it. But Arizona, they, they're probably 
in the toughest position in terms of, of having to compete against a really good team. So they, they obviously had to go make a big move and they did. So good for them. And then uh, I don't know. I forget if we talked about it last episode, but uh, Russell Wilson uh, kind of demanding a trade, not demanding a trade. It was reported today though, that he does like the bears offensive line and Matt Nagy, which I have to ask you guys this. Is he trolling the city of Chicago, or do you think he actually means what he's saying? I think there's, I think there is legit interest in places like that. Um, I mean, I don't think they have the greatest offensive line, but I, I mean, this deal with JJ Watt that was the biggest part for me is like we have these Russell Wilson rumors, and now there's another dude in his division that he's got to worry about. I mean, he's the most sacked quarterback in his first nine seasons in NFL history, I believe. I don't know if it was sacks or like QB hits, um, but that's not good. They have Seattle has really failed to put a good offensive line around him his whole career. And I mean, I get it that he's frustrated and they're not respecting him the way that he should be respected as good as he is. So I, I kind of buy into this interest in other teams. I, I'm, I listen to it and now I think it's even more legit as these other teams in the division continue to beef up. I'm not surprised by it. The bears surprised me a little bit, but having interest in these other teams is not surprising to me at all. And then finally for football, the Buffalo Bills proposed a rule change to where offensive and defensive or basically any coordinator um, could not be interviewed if you are a current playoff team until after the official season. So when we were seeing guys like Arthur Smith of the Tennessee Titans, Brian Dable, um, Eric Bieniemy, guys who were coordinators for these playoff teams being interviewed during like the week of them prepping for a playoff game. The Buffalo Bills are proposing to the league um, that they would just push this off to the end of the season. Do you guys like this rule, and do you think it will eventually change? I am a huge fan of this potential rule. Obviously, my feelings may be different if I didn't believe this kind of happened to my team twice. I mean, a couple of years ago, Vikings go to Philly for the NFC Championship. Pat Shermer was interviewed all week for that New York Giants head coaching job, which he got. And then the Vikings come out and fall flat on their face and score seven points against Philly. Now, obviously, that's not all Pat Shermer's fault. The, the defense gives up 38 and Case Keenum did not play well. But I still would have liked – I feel like some of the, the offensive game plan maybe had been distracted by the fact that he was interviewing a head coaching job all week. And there's multiple other examples of that, not just the Viking. That's just the one I'm the most familiar with. I really would love for my coordinators – not that I don't want them to get other jobs because it's that's just a part of the sport. If you have a good coordinator, they're going to get hired away. I'm perfectly fine with that. I just think – I would love for them to be all in and they'll tell you that they're all in, but there's there's when you're going to an interview for a big job like that, you're going to have to take some focus away. And I, I would love for them to be all 100% in on whatever team they're coaching for now. And then you are completely free to put all your time and effort into a head coaching interview anywhere else as soon as the season ends. So that's, that's my take of it. Like I said, it's not me not wanting my coordinators to go to another team. It's just, I want them focused 
on my team, especially if I'm in the middle of a deep playoff run. Yeah, I yeah, think. I, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. I was gonna say, how would that work though? Like, if so, can other head coaches be interviewed? Um, on so teams? for it, for instance, the Arizona Cardinals didn't make the playoffs this year. So whoever their offensive coordinator is this year, they could have been interviewed basically anytime after week 17. But if you're in the Bills case where Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier, both coordinators on the Bills, were getting interviews throughout the entire playoffs, they couldn't be interviewed until I think after the Super Bowl. So it's like if you're a playoff team, you couldn't be interviewed until after the Super Bowl. But if it's you're a not playoff team, you could be interviewed after the season. I think that's the rule. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. Well, from what Ben was talking about, um, I definitely agree on that standpoint. Um, Yeah, I I would like my guys to be fully locked in on, you know, the task ahead rather than worrying about, you know, head coaching vacancies. But at the same time, I'm not exactly too sure how I feel about it because, like, let's say, I don't know, like, get someone from the 49ers this year, Robert, let's say Robert Sala is getting interviews, but Eric Bieniemy, um, you know, some of these teams are going to be eager to get that guy and they won't even interview a guy like Eric Bieniemy because he's in the playoffs. So I don't know how I like that. Maybe don't let them interview anybody until the playoffs are over. Um, just a thought. I don't know. Um, it seems a little interesting to me, like if they if some of these guys just weren't even allowed to be interviewed when other guys are. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. But I think that's going to wrap up this week in sports. And I, we forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show. But for today's little list draft segment, whatever we really want to call this. We are actually going to draft the NBA All-Star rosters. So if you guys don't know how the NBA does their All-Star draft, the two top vote-getters in, in each conference, which this year happened to be LeBron James and Kevin Durant, LeBron, since he got the most picks, he will be able to draft the first pick for the starters. So all the starters that were listed, um, we've mentioned it before, so we're going to go through snake draft through all the uh, all the starters and then the reserves. Kevin Durant would then get the first pick. I think the draft actually already happened, like literally a couple minutes ago. I think we we're a little late, but we're going to do we're going to do this. And Colin is going to be LeBron James in this version of the draft, and Ben is going to be Kevin Durant. I at the end will then deem the winner of the NBA All Star Game with who has the best roster. Does that sound good, you guys? Yeah, so the way that it worked was I would pick first. Ben would get the last two picks of the starters, and he would start. Oh, I'm yeah, and he would start with the reserves. Yep. So it doesn't go you get first. I, I thought it just went you because, get first. Well, it's because Kevin ben Durant get- is playing. So it's oh, that's right, that's right. Replaced oh, by who was he replaced by? Um, uh, he was replaced by, well, uh, in the starting lineup, um, I think it was Jason Tatum. 
Okay. So Tatum, Tatum is, is a starting lineup. Tatum is yeah. a starter now. So then who who's the reserve? Who's the extra reserve? Was it Sabonis? Yeah, I, it was Sabonis. It was Sabonis. Okay. okay. And then All right. obviously Booker replaced AD, but that doesn't affect anything. And even yeah. though the draft just did start, Ivan, we neither of us have seen the team. So yeah, no, I, nope. I have the teams. All right. So Colin, let's uh I'm gonna pull up the roster NBA All-Star draft. So, Colin, who is going to be your first pick? Okay, so if I am LeBron, the first player I'm picking, man. So, your options are uh, Giannis, Curry, Luka Doncic, Don, Don, Doncic, Don, Don, yeah. you get it, Luka, it's Luka, Nikola Jokic, and then we have – Kyrie and Bede, Kawhi Leonard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum. Give me a, give me Giannis. I'll take right. Giannis. So team ben. LeBron, team LeBron has their forwards ready to go. All right. Ben. This this is a tough one for me. Colin has the advantage because he he already had LeBron in his starting lineup, so he has one four already locked down. He's just going to dominate down there. <laughs> This pick, this pick is a. Uh, not everyone might have seen this pick, but I'm actually going with Kevin Durant's former teammate Stephen Curry. I love the season he's been putting together, and I want my point guard right away to start off the draft. And then, um, so I get I do get back to back picks. Or is that how we're doing this? Not, no, um, I don't okay. think so. Okay, think okay, so. yep, just yeah. making sure. Okay. So yeah, so, I'm going so. Steph. Colin, who's the third overall pick? So that's who I was going to take. Um, I'm going to take a guard. I'm going to take someone who I think is – I think Brad – I'm going to take Bradley Beal. I think he'd be able to score a lot of points in an all-star game, the way that he's been shooting. Okay. I like that pick. Um, this one's tough for me, but I'm, at, I'm going to go grab my guard and now grab my big man. Some people think he's the MVP front runner. Donovan doesn't, but Colin does. It's Joel Embiid. Yeah. Give me. Hmm. It's tough. I'll take. Um. I'll take. I'll take the other big man. I'll take Jokic. Good pick. I thought about taking him around earlier, but I'm going to take him now. I'm going to pair Steph Curry in the backcourt with Luka Doncic. So then you get your pick, and then the last two just automatically go to me. Okay. I'll, ta- I'll take Kawhi Leonard then. So you're just running a roster with one guard. Yes. starting lineup with one guard. Okay. Well, I, I, think, I think in this scenario, LeBron would run the point. Okay. Beal at the two. And then you have Leonard, Giannis, and Jokic. All right. So the starting lineups for Colin, as you just mentioned, LeBron, Giannis, Beal, Jokic, Leonard. And then for Ben, it is Curry, Embiid, Doncic, Irving, Tatum. Yep. All right. So, Ben, you get the first pick for the reserves. I will list off the reserves real quick. Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Sabonis, Rudy Gobert, James Harden, Devin Booker, 
Zion Williamson, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Donovan Mitchell. This is tough because my pick here can somewhat be changed based on who Colin took. I'm still just going to have to go with the best player available strategy. I'm going to take Damian Lillard here. I know that is already my fourth guard, but I can move some guys around and just go big man heavy from here, and I'm going to take Lillard. I think the best player available was James Harden, so I'm going to go with James Harden here. That's a fair point. I just love the way Lillard's been playing this year. And if I need guys to score, I mean, obviously Harden can score, but Harden's been more in an assist role this year. So that's why I went with um, went with Damian Lillard. So you took Harden back to me. This is a this is a tough one. There's so many, especially for a team like me that has so many guards. This is going to surprise people. I want in his first All-Star game, I want Zion Williamson. I know that's a very early pick, Ooh. but I want I want Zion. He's taking the flash. I am taking the flash. I need I need someone in the paint cuz he has LeBron, Giannis, Jokic, and I only had Embiid as a I need I need someone down there. I want another scorer. Uh LeBron said he was the most um underrated player in the league. I'm going Devin Booker. All right, so I'm going to take with this pick. I'm going to take Rudy Gobert. I think he's been having a really underrated season. I don't think as many people pay attention to him, but I'm taking Rudy Gobert with this pick. Now I feel a lot better about my chances now that I, I've solidified at least some big men. Okay. I'm going to go, man, give me Donovan Mitchell. I totally would have taken him if you let him go one more pick to me. That's a good <laughs> pick. I like him. All right. I'm going to let my bias come out here. I'm going to let someone who's scoring at a great pace this year. First time all-star is Zach Levine. So I'm taking with this pick. And this Baylor-Oklahoma State game is very good. I recommend you guys turn it on. Oklahoma State cut the lead to four. Baylor just hit a three. I'm going to go with this pick. Man, I need a, I need a forward. I hate Paul George. I'm going to go with Paul George. I believe it's – Six players left in total, three for each. I th- yes, yep, you're correct. Yep, we both have four bench players so far. All right. All right. Three more so rounds left. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Ben Simmons here. I didn't love that he made the team anyway, but based on my options and my team so far, I'm gonna go Ben Simmons with this pick. So we currently have Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, Sabonis, um, Vucevic and Randall left. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um in that case I'm going to go with uh I'm going to go with one of LeBron's good buddies Chris Paul. That was another part of my thing. I was like I feel like LeBron might have even picked CP3 at this point already just cuz they're so close friends. 
and I'm glad you went with that pick. Yeah, I don't know. If I was pretending I was LeBron here, I don't know that I would have picked Kawhi or Paul George. I feel like that's not something he would do. All right, so based on that pick, I'm going to pick someone that I almost – I'm glad I got here. I almost was going to be upset if you took him. I really like young – young Jalen Brown over in Boston. So I'm going to pair him. He'll be off the bench, but his teammate Tatum is also on my team. So I'm going to take uh, Jalen Brown. And then uh, you got, you got between Randall Sabonis and Vucevic left. Okay. These are all three very good big men, but I'm going to go with my favorite one. I'm going to go Randall first time all-star. And if you're going to go Randall, I like Sabonis, but I'm going to take Vucevic right here. Okay. So I get Sabonis. Yep. All right. Nice. All right. I'll have you guys list off your teams, and then by the time you guys are done, I will make a decision on who has the best all-star team. Okay. You want to go first, Con? So, yeah. So my starting lineup, I got LeBron, Beal, Kawhi, uh, Giannis, and Jokic. Off my bench, my guards are James Harden, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul. My forwards are Paul George, Randall, and Sabonis. All righty. So my team, I got Curry, Doncic, and Kyrie, all three starting, all three guards. And I got Tatum and Embiid. And then off the bench, I got Damian Lillard, Zion Williamson, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, and Nikola Vucevic. So, reviewing this team. Colin, or Team LeBron, I should say, definitely has the better starting lineup. LeBron, Jokic, I mean, Beal, if he was on a better team, and Giannis, those are probably like the top six best players maybe this year for the top six, you can make a case for. So I do find that appealing. Um, but I do love the way Ben drafted his bench, where it was a bunch of just straight-up athletes. And in a uh, all-star game where we tend to see not a ton of defense played, when you have super freak athletes like Zion, Zach Levine, uh, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, and then you have Logo Lillard, who – we're just going to assume is going to have one, at least one hot streak to where he's going to pull up from 35 feet out multiple times. This, this is tough. This is tough, but I'm going to have to give it to Colin mostly because of not only his excellent starting lineup, but the way James Harden, Devin Booker, Julius Randall, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, and so on and so on can score off the bench. But this was fun, you guys. This was a great draft. Do you guys have any last points you want to throw out? I'm just going to say um, I won't get into it too much because I know we're, we're getting kind of long here. But it's sad we'll never get to see anywhere near who actually is going to win because based on the teams that were actually drafted, I'm looking at it right now, our draft was nowhere near how it actually went down. <laughs> I will say that. No, not at all. The not teams are completely all. different. I, <laughs> I'm – Obviously, their teammates, I'm kind of surprised that uh, KD – actually, no, I'm not surprised because they're teammates. I'm just not who I would have picked. I would not have picked Kyrie with my first pick. But uh, that's who Kevin Durant went with. He ended up on my team anyway, but he was not my first pick. But our, our teams are very different than how they were drafted. I believe each team, like, we, we had three out of five starters, right? 
and then the other two were on the other team, and then the benches were just a mix. We were nowhere near the same. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, so LeBron off the bench did take Chris Paul. He did take. I know he's uh, buddies with Ben Simmons. I know he likes Ben Simmons a lot. He took him. He did take Paul George to Gobert, Sabonis, Jalen Brown, and I'm not surprised he took Lillard. Um, Durant took his two teammates, Kyrie and Harden. So I'm not surprised by that. Um, before we go, I want to give you guys a little update. Kansas is playing UTEP right now in basketball. They scheduled UTEP just because um, they're down 14 and a half. Kansas is at home. <laughs> so UTEP I- is two and eight on the road this year. <laughs> Two and eight on the road. They are in one, two, three, four. They're not even top five in their conference. Um, and they're putting on a show at Kansas right now. A game after beating Baylor. Madness. It's 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 March madness. It is March, yes. Upsets. We all. uh we we sleep in May, boys, but this was a hell of an episode. Uh, we had a fun draft at the end and a great guest in Grayson. Um, next week, we're at least going to have one episode, possibly two, with all of the crazy basketball scenarios that are going to happen over the weekend, over the week. We're going to have it all. We're going to try and cover it all. Thank you all for listening. And please remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment, do whatever. really helps us out. Follow us on Twitter at Tub Talk Sports. Thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll